Now Lonnie Finley's his name. Vince Eustace is his. This is hip hop. And movie news. And, and that's, that's the way it is. That's Eighth Wonder, Sugar Hill Gang. Which is what we call this episode. It's our eighth episode. Episode eight is going to be wonderful, bringing you everything from Tinseltown to the Boogie Down, the home of the real hip hop spelled R E E L, because I thought it was clever taking one word that meant something else but meaning two words at the same time. Maybe it's just me. This is Hip Hop and Movie News, the podcast. I'm Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. I just want to say, you had a lot of Easter eggs in that little uh, ditty you did there, the little beat, the little Eighth Wonder. There yeah. was some, the Easter eggs were just like on top of everything. I'm also leaving an Easter egg right now. Ooh. Foreshadowing. Nice. Uh, with us back again, uh, good to have you back, is producer extraordinaire Patrick Pierre, whose favorite pro wrestler is a nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! It's good to be back. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. Uh, there's really no way to segue into this, uh, but we have some breaking news. Get right into the podcast. So it should be recorded, just so we can clarify the time and date. Yes, it is currently April the 29th. It's around 2 o'clock. Uh, so one of our news stories was going to be about the filmmaker John Singleton, who was uh, hospitalized about 13 days ago, uh, had a major stroke, uh, was actually then went into a coma. Then the news story that broke this morning when we woke up was that he had died and then his representatives were like, he hasn't died yet, he's still on life support. As of a few hours ago, his family and representatives said, we are going to pull the plug, he's gonna be off life support. And then we just got news uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago that John Singleton has passed away. So rest in peace to John Singleton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Prayers, thoughts to his family, his friends. Uh, it's just, you should, I feel like people should know who John Singleton is, but just in case you don't know, let's just run down the stats real quick. Uh, Poetic Justice. His debut was Boys in the Hood. He, he was the youngest ever uh, director writer to be nominated for best director and original screenplay he was also the first african-american to be nominated for those awards uh, i feel some underrated movies he's done i love four brothers and shaft uh, he's he's done a lot and this is going to be a a huge loss for the film community and i don't know if you guys had any words to say um, john singleton I just want to say, uh, yeah, I mean, rest in peace to John and his family, and not his family, but rest in peace to John and, and my thoughts to his family, but uh, he's one of those directors that is pivotal for me and what I do. Uh, I am consider myself a young emerging director who is like trying to build my own brand and my legacy, what I want to do and how I want to be shaped, and so... John Singleton for me is a huge inspiration. Him, some people like Antoine Farquhar, like uh, Jordan Peele, uh, directors who uh, bring out black stories and show a side of community people don't normally see. And so I think that he's not only pivotal for film, but in just like culture and society in general, like bringing light to certain subjects as he did, like Boys in the Hood. Uh, so I just find it to be, uh, yeah, it's a huge loss because he 
really did like change, I guess, the landscape of film for me and for black people. How I thought my interaction could be with film is completely different because someone who's like similar to me is able to succeed in Hollywood. So just cannot say enough words. I'm sure in the future we'll probably talk about it too. And hopefully, maybe do some reviews of some of his movies. Oh yeah, you know, that like that. Throwbacks to John Singleton movies. I think I, you know, I was doing a thing where I'm doing a. You know, screening movies, and I was doing like a black cinema thing. I think I need to have a John Singleton night where I screen some John Singleton nights in my place, do something like that, show some people who are not familiar with him who he is because he's still, they're probably people who are not familiar with him, yeah. unfortunately. No? So, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, I, I mean, I always feel like Boys, Boys in the Hood was like, maybe, I know there are other movies before then that sort of like have something, but I felt like this was like the first big one. In terms of like capture, in terms of like casting like a rapper, like I, I know other, other people would cast rappers in like big roles, but in terms of him casting Ice Cube, because he was like, this is, a, I can get a guy who actually sort of lived that life as opposed to a Juilliard trained actor who could hit the right notes but doesn't like get the right thing. Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and just that movie has so many iconic moments. Like it's so, we everyone kind of jokes around about like when Cuba comes in like swinging and punching and stuff like that. It's been parodied in a bunch of movies and sketches. Yeah, and, and then like Ricky running and getting Ricky! Like, and it's been parodied. But then when you sit down and watch the movie again, oh, man. like it, it, there's nothing funny about those scenes. They're just powerful. I mean, I remember doing a little bit where we were talking about like. Uh, black movies versus white movies for me as a kid growing up and I was like talking about like uh, Stand By Me where like they walk and they find a body and they're like going this whole journey to find this body for this kid and I remember being like man I watched Boys in the Hood and they were like yo there's a body alright we're let's go and it was just like it was just a regular thing but it was one of those things where I, I grew up in D.C. it was similar things but it wasn't necessarily like that but um, it was just uh, yeah I don't know man I'm, I'm you know, it's just immediately sudden. So yeah. I'm sure there will be a lot more stories and stuff like this. I'm sure there'll be hopefully tributes and things like that. Yeah, uh, losing a lot of great people now. So yeah, he was young. He was 51. Yeah, I remember when I first saw Boy Was in the Hood. I'm a huge Ice Cube fan, and then at first I, I was skeptical about him being in the movie. Then when I saw him in there, I was just blown away. He just uh, he did like a great job, and you know that movie is a classic. And I believe uh, you know it set the stage for another classic. To society, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so yeah. yeah Rest in peace uh, to John Singleton. Yeah. All right. Um, so we now segue into the hip hop portion. By the way, I still kind of was, but yeah, sorry. Uh, I just I got to say this early on. Uh, we're sort of switching the format a bit. Normally we do all the movies and then all the hip hop, or all the hip hop, all the movies. We're going to bookend with movies. Our movie stories. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it was not intended. Yeah. And you know Marissa, me in puns. Another, another pun, Marissa. I, but I think, at this point, I don't <laughs> even know what I'm doing. I don't even know. It just happens. It's just natural. Your book in game is strong. Yes, exactly. Uh, but we are going to be reviewing Avengers Endgame at the end of the podcast. Uh, Lonnie and I are going to be going very in-depth. We discussed this, and we realized there's not really a way to talk about the movie or do any sort of review. Unless we talk about the movie. Yeah, so there, there's going to be a ton of spoilers. Uh, producer extraordinaire Patrick Pierre has not seen it yet. He will, He's going to leave the premises while we discuss it as not spoil it. If you have not seen this by the time you are listening to this, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame and are listening to this, we will give you a heads up at the end. 
this is where we're going to be talking about the movie. You can stop there, and that's going to be the end of the podcast. But just so you know, that's why we're a little disjointed today. At that point, because we want them to, like, listen to everything yeah, now. Yeah, listen to everything. we got a lot of good stuff to cover. But then once we get there, we'll also give you that little heads-up alert. Yeah. Little, hey, thing, and then we'll choose not to And that'll be the tail end. We won't be like, oh, jump back in ten minutes later because the timing might right. be Right, and that'll, be, that'll, that'll like basically end out... The show, or yes, gonna, we'll end yeah. the we'll end the show on that, the Avengers. So that review. way, yeah, okay. So just so you know, that's why we're going into hip hop right now. So disjointed, but because we know you all were wondering, yeah, what's going on. Being very judgmental now, so. like this isn't how you do things. So Bun B, great rapper, legendary, a real one. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, I'm, I know you know him just because just mainstream fans of rap who only know a little bit of rap. Know the song Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z, and UGK, uh, Pimp C, and Bun B were on that. He had a great verse on that, so you know who he is. He's very good. Uh, he made the news this past week. It was a very scary situation. He lives in Houston. It was reported that there was an attempted burglary in his house. There was a knock at the door. His wife, Queenie, answered it to find a massive gunman on the other side demanding valuables. He directed her to the garage and, like, to the car. I guess he was going to try and steal the car or something. Uh, Bun B heard the commotion, grabbed his gun, went downstairs, confronted the burglar in the garage. There was a face-off. There was a shoot. There was a shootout. Bun B won the shootout, shot the man. Then the story goes that the man escaped, ran off. Bun B got in the car, drove after him. Caught him again, held him up at gunpoint again. I think was trying to like, I guess, apprehend him. The guy ended up escaping again, but he was wounded. Had to go to the hospital, get his wounds checked out, and he was arrested. So Bunby is sort of being hailed on Twitter and like hip hop like community as being a hero for being everything that he says he is. In fact, there's one rap lyric where he says. I'm paraphrasing. I got 20-10 vision, and my trigger finger is always steady. And I, it's funny because I was uh, as I'm listening to you talk about it. It's like I'm thinking of like. First of all, it reminded me of Sean Taylor's story. Those who don't know, Sean Taylor from the U, uh, Washington Redskins safety. Sean Taylor was shot and murdered in his uh, house in Miami uh, back in 2004. Home invasion, they thought he wasn't in the house, he got shot, bled out in an artery, tragic story. So the moment I read this, I was like, oh man, you know, like, that's how that can go. Uh, and then as it went on, I was like, oh man, you know, Bun B kind of did his thing. And then there's the point where I'm like, all right, now it seems like Bun B is hunting this man down. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a Jason Bourne style thing where, like, there's a fight scene. And I'm just imagining Bun B, who is a big dude himself, yeah. having, like, some sort of, like, Kung Fu fight scene with this dude who like stops him to get away. Mission man runs in the hospital bleeding. Bun B sitting out there driving by with his gun, being like, "You lucky now." Yeah. And I was like, maybe that didn't go down this way, but in my <laughs> mindset, like, I'm like, man, Bun B like is like not to be messed with. Also, apparently, can shoot and yes. also dodge and not get shot. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it's 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 weird because like this is. Why you, uh, some people have protection. I mean, especially if you're in Houston, Texas, you know what I mean? Probably everybody got a gun, which for me begs the question, why are you going to do a home invasion at a place in Texas? I just feel like if you're going to anywhere in the country, Texas seems like 
not going to come in there unless I have a team of people who are already like stationed inside the house. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense to me. Uh, obviously, they caught the guy good too because he's a he's a stupid criminal, <laughs> which is going around like I'm glad that you're caught because if you're a stupid criminal, you're doing something like that. You're just going to end up killing somebody. And, like, I'm much happier if the story went this way, where this happened, it's supposed to have been, oh, man, Bun B got shot and killed. And, you know, oh, yeah, that, yeah. That would, you know what I mean? So. And the other guy didn't get killed. He's just got wounded and arrested. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, because something I noticed is, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the story picked up a little traction, you know, like Yahoo, like certain media outlets. And I checked websites that are more pro-guns, like pro-Second Amendment, all about good guys with guns, you can't take our guns from us. And so, like, your Breitbart, your Fox News, and they covered it, but then I checked, like, on their Instagram page, like, where Breitbart will do, like, the big stories and will do pictures, like, that they really want to highlight. And there was no mention of the story at all. And I figured this is... The NRA convention was just recently. I know they were talking about, like... God is knows, it, guns, guns, guns. NRA, is it just one big one there? I think so. Or are there like multiple? I feel like they have connections all the time. I'm not sure what's, how this works. I don't know. But I, I just read there was an NRA okay. convention. Because, again, I was on the Breitbart page, so I see pictures of it. And I, Trump spoke at it, I think, and everyone was like, yeah, let's go guns. Which is fine, I guess. But this fits their narrative so well. Here is Bun B, a guy who's at home by himself. He and his wife are threatened, so he has a legal gun. Shoots at the guy, gets him out, and apprehended. I feel like, why aren't they making a bigger deal about this? They should be, this is like, this could be like their poster boy, be like, this is another reason why our, our beliefs about everyone having a gun and protecting themselves, that everyone would be better having a gun. Why are they not talking about it? I mean, first of all, I don't know and haven't done enough research at this point in time to say that I don't know that they aren't talking about it like that because I generally avoid those sites and things that you went to go and look and see if that happened so I can't really speak to say that they haven't already done that I though in like the reality of like a real world situation know that they're not talking about it because I just know that they're not in the way that you're saying mm -hmm. they're not going to be out there uh, promoting bum B <laughs> as like you know this is why this works for everyone the reality is they probably could take advantage of the situation to kind of get black people on their side some yeah. aspects. They would screw that up so horribly. A lot of times, you, you know, when you know, if you are, and I'm assuming, if you know you're a person that says, like, you know, the N-word a lot, you know, you don't put yourself in situations where you end up saying the N-word. So by them not talking about anything to do with black people or hip-hop, they can avoid accidentally saying the N-word. They love... And I think that's another thing. They love talking down. On that's what I'm saying. Love, so in order for them to praise it, it's so it, it's hard to be like, so uh, so another black criminal, wait, no, wait, this one's a good one? Wait, he didn't do the home invasion. A black guy stopped another black guy? Wow. All right, I'm sorry. We're going to have to relook at this story. Uh, I totally had a different approach. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they probably also have to like fact check and be like, do we... At some point, I'm sure we've had to have talked badly about this guy right, before. Yeah. So if they're like all of a sudden praising him, everyone go back and be like, "Oh no, you said well, how this many guy people has he killed before?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, where's he? Because we don't know his history, and all of a sudden they're like, "Bun B, two-time murderer." <laughs> you know, what yeah. I mean, it's like a whole other. So I, I don't think they should touch the story. Uh, I don't want them to deal with this. Um, I don't because again. Don't need any help from them. <laughs> Don't want any interaction there. I think, but we're all good. But you're right. They should look at this. But the reason why they're not is because it's not just about Second Amendment. It's about Second Amendment and like 
you know, I hate it's not. I don't like making things a white black thing all the time. And um, people say, "Oh, you should make it that way." And I'm like, "Shut up! It is. <laughs> I'm not saying that it is. It is because you're right. He totally fits that mold. There's been a lot of things that happened recently in the news where people have like been the right place, right time, had a gun, been able to stop something from being worse. And so that's what happened here. Um, it doesn't fit their narrative necessarily because someone's like, "You're promoting someone who the people are like, but that's the guy who I want to shoot." I mean. I have shot when he's come in my house before. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he looks like the criminal in their eyes. Confuse me. This also could be a great song, like almost like an old school yeah. slick Rick Scarface type of storytelling. Yeah. Like, just like he's upstairs, he hears something, goes downstairs, like shoots him. Like, it, it could be, it could be a good throwback track. I think that if you were able to do it as a throwback track, the way you're describing it, but shot in the style of a uh, mid-level TV company's recreation of a scene. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, like Investigation Discovery. Investigation Discovery, yeah. which uh, you were a part of, am I correct? Yes, I was a pimp. Right, you, yeah, you were a pimp on Investigation Discovery. A finesse Not a joke, by the way. A finesse Vince, pimp. Vince was a finesse pimp Mary with on secrets. Investigation Discovery. Thank you, Tyler Harrell, for hooking Mary me up with, with that secrets. gig. Check it out. It's on all platforms. But anyway, so I think if you could redo that with a song, I mean, wouldn't it be dope to see like this? I want to see this scene with Bun B where it's like, I know he's in a car that has big rims on it yeah. and it probably has hydraulics. I don't care if that sounds stereotypical. <laughs> I just feel like, why would I chase him in some kind of doped out car where like you're leaning as this guy's. <laughs> I can see this poor bastard like wounded leg, like limping, and also he's Bun like, B. <laughs> like UGK. Bun B like, just comes out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Run off yo man uh, uh, yeah I think that that's good I think we should hit Bun B up and be like yo man let's not squander opportunity you just dropped the album last year yeah. maybe this is a good time to like re- let's do another video bro let's come <laughs> up with this let's hit up Bun B let's, let's tell him we got an idea for him we'll meet with him he'll get his crew they'll pay for it we'll direct it let's do this I do have a question for you guys as you know Bun B is not the last you know hip hopper to stop a home invasion. There's been plenty. Uh, if you had a chance to choose to invade a, hip, uh, a rapper's house between Bun B or Gucci Mane, whose house would you invade? God, I don't. I think I'd rather shoot myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, either, like, I don't want to. Gucci Mane has killed someone. Like, yeah. that, that, that's, that's a fact. Fact. Like, he's a killed someone. Uh, Bun B, we know, has no problem shooting people. Right. Uh, yeah, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the pussy away. I'm gonna just say no. What's funny? Because before, crime is wrong, kid. <laughs> before you were asking the question about that, I was thinking like you were gonna say whose rapper, whose rapper's house would you invade? Me too. And so I'm definitely gonna invade Little Bow Wow's house. <laughs> like I'm robbing Little Bow Wow. I, I don't care. I, I'm gonna call you Little Bow Wow the entire time. And they don't like it. And call you that and say, Lil Bow Wow, give me some of your old CDs. Give me your shoes. Like, all that stuff. Uh, between Gucci and Bun, um, hmm, I think I'm going to rob... Bun seems rational. I think, I, think with, I, think, I think with Bun, you can get away with, like, a flesh wound. Yeah, Bun's like, man, I could have killed you. Gucci with an older you. man. Yeah. I want young black men to have a better life than I had. And you're like, I, okay. I have a better chance at surviving Bun B, so I'll go Bun B. Yeah, but man, they're not—they're not good options. 
I feel like if you, I feel like if you look, if you are dressed wrong as a postmater and you come to Gucci's house, I feel like he might be like, "Hey, got your pizza." Don't worry about the tip. Good option. Yes, very good. Yeah, Bun B taking shots at me. Well, Schoolboy Q is taking shots at people, but not with guns or bullets. But with his words. Oh, shots not, with your words. And not at burglars, but with internet critics. Who are internet guess, burglars? Yeah, the burglars of culture. Culture yeah. vultures at times. Yeah, culture yeah. vultures. So, schoolboy Q. Spam burglars. Spam burglars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got it. It, it, took, it took me a second. spamming you. It took me a second. An hamburger. Sorry. Oh, I just got it too. Ah, no, I don't feel so bad. That's good though, right? That's spam burglar. I like how I hit the circle. It was like, bing. <laughs> That's full circle hip hop, bro. Uh, so, Schoolboy Q has a new album out this week. It is called Crash Talk. It is follow up to his 2016 Blank Face, so he hasn't been working on music for a while, so people have been expecting some things from yeah, him. Some things happened. Uh, he's been interviewed lately, and he has been taking aim at critics on the internet, bloggers, hopefully not people like us. I like to think we're safe from sort of these shots, but. He's referred to his internet critics as fucking dweebs. He says, fuck these little internet dweebs. Every single I drop, nobody likes it. Collard Greens, they hated it. Man of the Year, everybody hates it. They hate every single I drop. And he's all saying, like, everything I drop goes platinum. So, like, fuck these people. And Which is weird that he was saying... I mean, not weird that he was saying it, because I feel that Schoolboy Q... Maybe I'm just not on these blogs that he's on... I feel like he's always been kind of a darling, a critical darling. I feel like the internet's like, maybe it's just hip-hop who likes him a lot. But I feel like, I haven't really heard anyone say bad things about him. Everyone kind of like, oh, he's good. I've even heard people to have hot takes be like, oh, he's better than Kendrick in terms of like, in, within his like crew. I've heard people say these things. So I, I find it interesting that he feels attacked that way. But also, it sort of opens up a conversation that we were kind of talking about where a lot of celebrities and artists... I'm not sure they're thin-skinned, but they are lashing back at critics a lot lately. We saw Lizzo do it uh, when someone didn't give her, I guess, as glowing a review as she probably could have had. Michael Che, Michael che from SNL has gone on people on Instagram. Olivia Munn uh, has... Munn or Moon? Munn. Olivia, Olivia. Finley. <laughs> hey, will that to existence. Uh, she has gone after people who attach her like fashion style so it's become kind of a trend lately where these celebrities are going after them so at what point do they have like a good point like why are you attacking us or when are they just not taking criticism the way they should well okay so here I have uh, sort of a intro to this and then I'll get to your question so uh, two Shows that I'll point out, kind of a different thing, make an analogy here. Uh, the Family Guy, mm-hmm. uh, Arrested Development. Yes. Two shows that were really great when they originally appeared. Super awesome with the fans. Everyone loved it. This is amazing. Man, look at this show. I can't wait to see the next season. Oh, you've canceled it? Even though everyone clearly loves it? Why? Because some people don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> so some people will review something as been like, Complain about it. This isn't good. But then later on, you're like, why? Why are we bringing this thing back? Why did it make it back on television? Why does the rest of development keep coming back? Because it's great. 
even though critics panic. So sometimes you have people who critically say things who don't know shit, yeah. who are attacking. And so I like to look at like the NBA players right now, like Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. They'll be talking about the fact that like, they need to say something. They'll be like, I'm not going to talk to you, Marshawn Lynch, because you're just going to use my words, twist them around, make them whatever you want. This is stupid. You're actually against me. And the fact that I'm saying that you're against me, that I'm creating some conspiracy about, like, oh, you're against me now. You're like, oh, someone's a big whiner. Man, Kyrie, who whines so much? Like, I've been hearing these things about that. And these celebrities who are like, celebrities just, you know, just be quiet don't say anything. It's like, no, say something. Look, if people are going to be able to be online, internet bullying you, which I still have got my mind around that this is a thing, but internet bullying you, harassing you online, and like saying these things that can be hurtful to your career, to your family, to your livelihood, to your psyche. Like, because you can't, we can't ignore them because on the internet, they're nothing. Because things that happen on the internet have gotten people killed before. Mm. So, this is a nonstop thing. So, it's, you can't just sit behind your computer, complain, criticize someone, and have them not say anything. So, I think that all this will stand up. Not every person, but if you got the point right now where Schoolboy Q is, where he feels like there's a certain, a, a good number of people who have been critical of my work that is clearly based upon sales and numbers showing that I know what I'm doing and I'm good at what I'm doing, shut up. And so, I'm, t- he, you know, it's one thing where he's like answering all of you almost in one little fell swoop. He's not being like this person, this or, or like, you know, I review rap 85 said yada yada yada. He's more of like just everybody, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm fine with the celebrities doing this if you at the point where like, you know what you're doing, you know if you're using it you don't have to get back at everybody. Sometimes you, someone says something, you're like, you know what, man? That's just stupid. Yeah. That's just, I remember when um, Derek Carr uh, got attacked by Stephen A. Sorry, by, um, not Stephen A. Um, Kellerman. And he was basically like, hey, man, you know, the things you said, it's just like, my kids are listening sometimes. He's like, I got to say something. Yeah. People are like, oh, you sh- he should just, he should mind on business. You can say whatever you want about someone and they can't say anything back to you because now they do and they have, they have thin skin because just the media... This is their life. Their active life and job is to do this, and you're talking about it. And now you're saying ignore this one aspect about it, which you clearly, all the fans see, so now they have a judgment point about it. So I'm like, I think celebrities need to do more of this. So uh, two points in sort of defense of Schoolboy Q, like sort of like little theories. One, I feel like Schoolboy Q could be doing kind of like a bulletin board Michael Jordan-esque tactic where... If everyone, even if everyone's giving you like heaping praise upon you, you find like someone who's not, who's like saying something, and you focus in on that, and that drives you. Like Jordan used to do that all the time. If, so, if someone slight, he made up slights. If someone, he thought someone slighted you, he would go out for like sixty the next day, just to be like fuck you. And so Schoolboy Q might be doing that. You see it on Instagram all the time. Like celebrities don't respond to comments. They're like, "We love you. You're great." But if someone's like, "Fuck you. You're ugly," then they kind of respond. Now people slight LeBron though. People be slighting LeBron. Remember back in the day when they were slighting LeBron? Yeah. We were like, "Why are you slighting this guy?" Right? Yeah. Although I don't think he necessarily responds to all. No, that. he's a king. He's way above. Right. That. He, right. But so so you're saying that like some people need that motivation. But you no, know, some people. I'm not saying it's a theory. I'm not saying Schoolboy Q does okay. this, but I can see some people do that to like stay hungry to be like especially if and maybe I'm wrong maybe everyone is bashing him it just seems like everywhere I look people are praising him and for good reason but he might be looking at little slice and being like oh this guy doesn't like me you know I gotta like really stick it to them the second part defending him I've noticed some like reviewers bloggers who come across like maybe they don't have any 
right to speak on certain people's music. And, like, for example, I just read an article recently. It was a couple years ago. It was an article about the four elements of hip-hop. And this guy was saying that the original four elements of hip-hop are terrible. They suck, they're outdated, and they need to be changed. He's like, oh, who beatboxes or breakdances and, you know, or spray paints and tags? You know, the only real element left is rapping. And DJs turned into something else. So they went through this whole entire thing about here's what the new hip-hop element should be. And they included, like, grills and, like how to take lap dances and stuff like that. Just, like, the very stereotypical <laughs> things. And, oh, jeez. And so it, there's, there's a very good chance this article was satirical, but it it was so thinly... If it was, it was so, like, thinly veiled, it came across as being authentic. And then I read the uh, read to the bottom, and this dude looked like someone I went to high school with. Like, he looked kind of like me. And that... And it was just like someone. Oh, I like, knew he was white. Yeah, he just looked like I knew he was like a white. dorky white kid. And it was like you should have like why are you? I didn't even want to mention that I knew he was white. Like you, you should not be bringing this up whatsoever. And the fact, even if you are doing this as satire, this is like this is still very tone deaf. So I think he might look at who's critiquing him and being like, you should never talk about. I'm not making my. I've heard a lot of rappers say this about certain critics. Like I'm not making my music for you. Like, I'm making music for other people, and the fact that it resonates with other people and gets, like, platinum hits and spins and critique, like, elsewhere, shows that I'm doing something right. Yeah. Jeez. That's, just, that's, a rough, that's rough, man. I'm sorry. Just thinking about it. Like, lap dances and grills. Yeah. Woo! Uh, yeah. Yeah, so those should not be the new elements of hip-hop. Uh, Schoolboy Q, I want you to know that we, here at Hip Hop Movie News, the podcast, are not internet dweebs. We're more nerds of anything else, yeah. But definitely not internet dweebs. Yeah, man. And you know what? We'd love to have you on and talk about you know your your thoughts on people reviewing stuff. Yeah. And you know, I don't want you to feel like you don't have time to come on our show. You do have time to come on our yeah. show. So don't feel that way. Like you are too big. You have too many things. We don't want you to feel that way. We're not intimidated. You're not intimidated. Come on the show. Yeah. We'll talk about this. And this has nothing to do with the fact that we have also decided to pick your song for Song of the Week this week. Nice. That's not sweetening the pot. We were already deciding to do that anyway. That's already but a thing. just to let you know, we like your music. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, let's get to this week's Song of the Week. As I said, Schoolboy Q, new album this week, dropped. One of his singles is Crash. I lose, she lose, and I ain't get used to losses. I'm going off till I crash. Fuck all the ops, I kid you not, see we crash. If you listen to it, uh, one of the first things that popped out in my mind was it samples Royce Five-Nine's Boom, the DJ Premier produced song, which is great. Kind of like slowed down version of it. And Schoolboy Q spends his time rapping over this laid back beat, just talking about topics of his life, raising his daughter, addressing critics, you know. Uh, mentions golf being a big part of his life and, and how he had one line about like golf is where he gets peace of mind. And I heard him say in an interview before that like, oh, this album basically was when he was on the golf course. Like he golfed as like part of like he lost a bet or something and like went golfing with someone, really fell in love with it, finds it like very meditative and was able to get this whole sort of idea and decided how to do this album by golfing. Which is, I mean... Schoolboy Q is the dresser, the, the rapper most likely to dress like a golfer. Yes. Like, he, he just also, like, you, you're a golfer. You, yeah. I would assume you're the hip-hop golfer. Uh, give him a chance, probably. Chance. Oh, yeah, definitely a chance as well. Uh, something, I don't know if you guys noticed in the hook, something's been kind of going around on the internet, because Schoolboy Q was very close with the late Mac Miller, and he was working with Mac Miller on some projects before he passed away. 
And a lot of people are saying that on the hook, it sounds like Mac Miller's voice doing a couple of like the echo ad libs. Where he's like, uh, buy my daughter some shoes, shoes, uh, uh, lose, lose. Like, yeah. like, the, like the echo part, if you listen to it, sounds a lot like Mac Miller. So everyone's kind of talking like, oh, it sounds like Mac is still kind of a part of this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the song's great. Have you guys had a chance yeah, to listen yeah, to yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I would say, I, I, I heard that, uh, I would say that it's like kind of an uncredited situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like that thing, and maybe a throwback where it's like just having it be in there, like even, you know, for him, even just hearing that as recording, probably like knowing his, his connection with Matt. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm always on Schoolboy Q's, uh, side on everything so. this isn't to knock uh, not to discredit Schoolboy Q or how great the song is but I've noticed something about me that helps me like songs especially newer songs if they sample a song that a classic hip hop song is also sampled like Juice World uh, has done it with uh, Nas mm-hmm. he like sampled the same song that uh uh, I forget the song, but he sampled the, the Sting song. And then he had another one where he sampled another classic hip-hop song. When I first heard it, I'm like, oh, he's... It's almost showing, like, these yeah. new guys kind of know, like, their roots a bit. So when I first heard this, it starts off with the the DJ Premier, like, sample. And I was like, oh, this is, this is boom. Yeah. So I find that, like, if you're a rapper, just sample an old song, or, like, old hip-hop song, or take the same type of sample, kind of rework it your own way, and I'll be like, hey... I'll at least give it a listen. And, and and also, don't be horrible. Right, that helps. <laughs> don't be horrible is awesome. Yes, that, that helps. That, helps. That, that gets you... That, that, not saying Juice World's horrible, because I like him, but we didn't pick him for Song of the Month, or Song of the Week. Yeah. We picked School Book Cube for Song of the Week, exactly. because the lyrics were the right there. Hello. So definitely check out Crash by Schoolboy Q off his new album, Crash Talk. This moves us to one of our favorite segments, the very illustrious This Week in Hip Hop History This Week in Hip Hop History That's right, it is This Week in Hip Hop History This week for the week of April 22nd through April the 28th starting off on April 23rd Who's the Man is released in theaters. This was a movie starring Yo MTV Raps host Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, not the billionaire, the other one. And at the time... We don't know his income. I You don't know that man's money. I don't know. You don't know that man's money. But I, I do know that when I was younger, I did confuse the two. And so when I saw, Doc, so when I saw Dr. Dre come out like at an award show, I was like, he's lost a lot of... He looks very healthy. He looks great. Not realizing that the other Dr. Dre... And he's also slightly taller. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, they started this action comedy in 1993 as a pair of bumbling police rookies. The movie also featured appearances from rap stars such as Busta Rhymes, Bushwick Bill, Criss Cross, who we will get to in a second, Queen Latifah, Ice-T, and KRS-One. Lonnie Finley, did you see this movie when it came out? Uh, I did. I did see it when it came out. Uh, it was a requirement, uh, being in a black neighborhood, to see who's the man, um, much in the same way as Crowd and see, you know, the movie that we're going to talk about later on. Uh, you had to see it because everyone was going to be talking about it. 
plus its references. And uh, again, I am a cinema fan. I've been that way since my mom. You know, we used to go see movies all the time as a kid. So I want to see everything anyway. Anytime you can give me something where I see previews and got black people in it and made like, mainstream stuff and it's majority black people, like, I enjoyed that because that's not usually how every movie goes. And then sometimes when you see the black movie, you're like, oh God, that's horrible. It's horrible, Ty Perry. You made so many Medea movies. I'm sorry. I should mention that. Sorry. Um, I saw the movie as a kid, man. It was dope because I thought it was hilarious. And it was just like this, like fun comedy, and you get to see like your favorite people that you got to, you know. This is '93. Yeah, these people were like prominent then. We're mentioning these people now. And you're like, okay, all right, cool. But '93, this was like big. This it was, was a murder big. It was, a, and it wasn't a bunch of movies. There were like hip hop movies where rappers. Like, imagine seeing someone in a cross genre thing that you don't normally see. So seeing rappers in movies, like, whoa, that is not normally yeah. how it's supposed to go. So I do love this man. I remember seeing it too, and um, I'm about to say, you know, Lonnie, I know you just praised it very well. Uh, it's not to say, you know, uh, it's not a. Okay, so the movie to me was very, very average, but it was okay because it was a hip hop movie. Exactly. And I was like <laughs> so in love with hip hop at that time, just seeing all those like, you know, hip hop heads. It was just like, it was just like, a, I remember watching the movie, I was like, is that it? <laughs> but, but I didn't care. It was a hip hop movie, so yes. Yeah, I didn't say I, not at any point seeing the quality of the, film, <laughs> the level of like execution here in filming this movie is anything that has been changed or learned from or talked about in, in film school uh, by any means. <laughs> it was fun to see people that I saw. That I liked. Oh god. Uh, April twenty fifth in nineteen ninety two, the aforementioned Chris Cross. Their hit single, Jump, reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It's breakout single, which was everywhere. I mean, like you couldn't go anywhere in 1992 without hearing the song. And that's because it was number one on the charts for a total of eight weeks, which was a first for a rap song. It was also the first mainstream hip-hop single from an Atlanta artist, which also ties into something else we'll be saying in yeah, a little man. bit. Uh, yeah, Criss Cross, that was probably like one of my favorite rap groups growing up. Pivotal. Yeah. Pivotal. I mean, just... Name a time in, in, in American history for a period where an entire culture of kids turned their clothes around backwards. Yeah. And jumped in the air with their hands out. Yeah. Just waving around. It was around. so hard to go to the bathroom with the jeans backwards. Yeah, it was. Because you get to kind of pull it down. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. So you're, so like you're standing in front of the urinals, basically pants down to your ankles. Right, exactly. Like, that's not a good look. Well, no, but it was kind of part of the look. But I was it. Happy your pants down. It was uh, Chris Ross is awesome, man. Yeah. I can still do this song. This song still thumps. Still, still great. Um, and uh, recently, we were talking about the beat was reused by Nipsey. Yeah. And you know, that's the same thing. Hip hop heads throwing it back. Exactly, to exactly. If you take that's a song that takes an old back, song and sells it, I'm all for it. Yes. Uh, 1995, Mob Deep released their sophomore album, The Infamous, featuring such classics such as Shook Ones Part Two and Survival of the Fittest. Album helped define the New York hardcore sound and is still influential today. And I remember when I first interviewed for Hip Hop Movie News to get the job as the host, you asked me like my top five like hip hop songs of all time. And I had Survival of the Fittest in my top five. And even though I said like, oh, it changes from time to time, and I remember I actually had Survival of the Fittest over Shook Ones Part Two. And I have to say now Shook Ones Part Two has taken its spot in the top five, but they're still both great. An embarrassing story about uh the infamous album is that uh, I actually I remember I bought that album and I actually thought the stuff that they were rapping about they were actually doing and obviously you know as I got older I realized you know Prodigy 
you know, wasn't doing that stuff. But, <laughs> but so it was, but I actually thought, wow, like, I remember I, was, I used to be scared. Uh, if I, if I, if I end up in Queens, I probably would die. But yeah, so it was just, it, it was just entertainment. They were very believable on that. Like, it's still like, you listen to Chuck part two, it's just like so grimy and real. Yeah. It's not taking anything away from Queens. You can still die in Queens. That's true. Hey, we ain't taking, <laughs> we won't take anything away from you, Queens. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, April 26, 1994, Outkast released their debut album, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music. A lot of people think that their first album, well, at least when I went to high school, a lot of people thought their first album was Tangonia. A lot of people were stupid, yeah. and they were corrected yes. by Outkast. Yeah. Uh, so this is a bold, innovative album. It was both critically acclaimed and commercially successful, went platinum, and it came out at a time, this is something you have to realize, it came out at a time... Right in the middle of the East Coast, West Coast. Oh. Like, not only beef, but it was, that's who. That's Source Awards? Yes. Where they were outcasts is on Source Awards, and they're like, whoa, hey, hell, hell, hey, we're here. Huge upset. I'm sorry, we're here. Yeah, ATL here too. And everyone's like, what? That was like, yeah, West Coast, East Coast is like, what? Shut up, man. Who are y'all? Yeah. They're so like, we're here too. Southern rap was not considered ATL. to be uh, at all legitimate. It was all East Coast, West Coast. Outcast helped change that. I think they're. I think they're like one of the most pivotal, if not the most pivotal. This album, this album specifically. I mean, you had other people like doing stuff before. Obviously, people, you had yeah. Criss Cross doing like the single. You had but like, Face, like, but, but this was the album because at that awards, it beat a lot of other albums yeah. to be like album of the year, and people booed them. Yeah, people were like boo. And Andre, Andre three thousand was great. He was like, oh yeah, you want to boo us? It's like. The South has something to say. And then they just went on a legendary run. And, and I mean, the thing about it, too, is like, let's just talk about that album. It's just, it's just a great album. Like, Andre 3000 is like one of the best rappers, if not the best rapper of all time, yeah. especially in my eyes. He's, he's, he's my, in my he's, top he, five. He's, yeah. he's, 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 for me, I'm like, I, it's hard for me not to put him in number one. Because, so this is the intro to a man who you're like, what? Also, Big Boy is dope and does not get enough love. And he didn't get love at the Super Bowl. Adam Levine, you piece of shit. If I see you in Sherman Oaks, because I know you live around there, I'm going to kick you in your... Oh, on sight. On sight, Adam on Levine. Sight. You rob big boy. You're going to move like Jagger. Old Mick Jagger. Old Mick Jagger. A bunch of limps. Yeah. Sorry. No, oh, we just threatened Adam Levine. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, yes. Yes. See you guys in court. Yes. Uh, what was I saying? Something. I don't know. I don't know where to go. Figure something that. out. Sorry about that. Yep. I, think he does, I think he does live in Sherman Oaks. Moving on to the final tidbit of this week in hip-hop history. April 28, 1998. Big Pun released his debut album, Capital Punishment. It would be his only studio album to be released during his lifetime as he passed away a few years later. It was nominated for the Best Rap Album Grammy in 1991. It also went platinum, which made Pun the first ever solo Latino rapper to earn this achievement. So, no, he wasn't Mexican, but Viva La Raza. Yeah. Way, way to go, pun. Yeah, also, too, I was like, I, I mean, I want to just point out from a, a general, two things. Number one, big man. Big man. Especially near the end. Big man. Brought us Fat Joe. I love Fat Joe. Uh... Dope name though, like because if you think about big pun, like I, I would love to like that's a great just name in general because like it's a pun in itself yeah. of the name, and I always appreciated that from big pun. Plus, it's a big man dude doing what he was doing, and like 
I think he brought a lot more rappers into the game that, that from New York who were like, yo, I can do this too. It's not just about being like, you don't got to just be black to be a rapper. And he could rap. And he could like, rap. Like, he's like super underrated. And when the, I'm not a player, I just crush a lot. I say it at least like two to 15 times a year. I don't know, depending on how I many. drop references to being dead in the middle of Little Italy Yeah, multiple times. No one seems to get it. But if someone ever looks at me and is like, I got it, or completes it, I'm like, I want to be your friend. Yeah. Just the other day, I was saying I was packing the Mac and back in the act. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you know? You were. Yeah, yeah. You did say that. <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> very unusual for the lady that heard that and then take an order. <laughs> but she wrote it on the cup. She wrote it on the cup, yeah. Uh, so that concludes this week in hip hop history, which now brings us to what you've all been waiting for: the review of Avengers Endgame. And this is my cue. I'll uh, see you guys later. Patrick, get out of here, Patrick. Get out. Once again, if it hasn't been made already clear by us literally saying that we are going to be doing spoilers in this review and the fact that we just kicked Patrick out because he hasn't seen it yet, there will be spoilers. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! We're not even going to bother holding anything back because there's no point in discussing this movie without talking about what happens in the movie. So, so many spoilers. Official hip-hop and movie news spoiler alert. Yes. For... Avengers Endgame, you've heard it here, this is the spoiler, so you can't say that we're jerks because we're telling yeah. you up front. Proceed at your own caution, if by the time you are listening to this podcast you have not seen this movie and you don't want to know what happens, stop now, we're already done, we've already said all the other news stories, this is how we're ending it, so you can stop now, but if you have seen it and you want to hear our take on it, here we go. Okay. Avengers Endgame, the grand finale to the 22-movie story arc in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Last we left off in Infinity War, Thanos snapped his fingers and killed half the population, half our heroes, half the plants, half our pets, half of everything. Half of everything everywhere. Yes. Not just on Earth, everywhere, half of everything. Everywhere. So, this movie is about them trying to get on with their lives, but also trying to make things right again. And we find out things can be made right again when Ant-Man, who had been stuck in the quantum realm at the end of Ant-Man 2, gets out. Ant-Man versus Wasp. Yes. Yeah. Uh, gets out and decides... Because of a, a, a very strategic rat yes. uh, that runs along some keys and blah, blah, New York. Yeah, the, I mean, we all thought Pizza Rat from New York was great, but this rat's the true MVP. True MVP. Uh, so they decide to get together, all the Avengers, and they're like, we can actually go back in time, or you described it better, like it's like different realities. Yeah, it's a different time. It's like it's like a not necessarily a different dimension. If you watch sliders, you know, multiple dimensions, whatever. So we have one timeline that they're on, this is the timeline they live in. Now this is in the in game 
Marvel Universe, how they are perceiving time travel. Yes. Which they point out and they make fun of and they make some jokes with with other time travel movies. In their line, the way it is, is that you are on a timeline, the timeline has happened, Thanos has snapped his fingers, these people, everyone, half of them are gone. Once you go to a different timeline, a different time period, you create a new timeline, a new future in that life of where you are. Yes. Everything in that other timeline that you came from is still going to go on as normal. So you're not really going back in time and changing your own past that already happened. So the plan is, because the Infinity Stones have been destroyed earlier in the movie, they're going to go back in time, go into these other realities, go back to before Thanos got his hands on the Infinity Stones, get them... Put them into the, some sort of like gauntlet that they have, Infinity Gauntlet, and snap their fingers, bring everyone back, and change everything. Yeah. So that's the plot of the, that's movie. the, plot of the movie, and that's and so then they go back to it's, it's great. They go back to different Marvel movies. They go back to the Avengers. They go back to Thor. Throwbacks all the way yeah, throughout. Yeah. Throwbacks to previous movies. Throwbacks to previous locations. Throwbacks to previous characters. People who you wanted to see who didn't see before. More Renee, Renee Russo than you ever was going to get. <laughs> and I love every bit of it because I love me some Renee. Um, so, obviously, there's Maybe one... Natalie Portman who was real. Maybe not Natalie Portman who was real. Yeah, they could have done a Crispin Glover on her. Yeah. And just sort of, you know, reuse her footage. Exactly. We don't know. We don't know. She was there. She was there. Maybe she was. Uh, obviously, then Thanos... Hears about this in the other reality and tries to put a stop to this. So they have to go to his reality. They have to get yeah. one of the stones from his reality. Exactly. You know? So this movie is... Well, first of all, we're big Marvel fans. Yes. Like, we love these movies, so we went into this very high hopes and expectations. Yes. Uh, saw it opening weekend, which apparently everyone else did because it made $1.2 billion. Dollars. Billion dollars. It's first weekend. Every day worldwide. was every day was the highest gross movie. It's smashing so movie. many records. Uh, Saturday highest gross movie. Uh, Sunday highest gross movie. Probably today too. Can't People stop. People have been Won't fired, stop. losing their jobs <laughs> like this. <laughs> you know. So yeah. So everyone's going to see, it. and I think it helps seeing this movie with a large group of people because it's. It's, it's fun seeing everyone react to stuff. There's like certain cheering moments where everyone yeah. jumps up and cheers. There's certain sad moments where everyone's like crying. I was less annoyed by people yelling and kind of like talking to themselves in this movie because I kind of was noticing I was kind of doing that and being like, it felt very immersive. Uh, one fan I saw into in an interview said this was a love letter for the fans. Absolutely. This was for the fans. This is like, if you have put in this amount of time into this franchise and you all know who you are, and if some of you have seen bits and pieces of movies or someone's been like, oh, I've seen this. If you've seen every single one of these and you know what's going on, you follow this, and sometimes you go on YouTube and go on the internet and you look at little storylines, you read some of the back comics which are leading into other things, and you know about all the little stories and all the arcs and things that come across... This is for us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely agree. I don't think this was a perfect movie, but for the end for everything, I felt like it was, if it makes sense, perfect. It was a perfect wrap-up to everything. It was just, it made, it was everything I could have expected. I've talked to some people who loved it as much as me. I've heard some people who were a little underwhelmed by it. But yeah. I loved, loved, loved this movie. It checked off every emotional box. I laughed. I cried. I was scared. I was worried. Didn't know what was going to happen. It, it was it was in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things for me, uh, in their universe, in the Marvel universe, which everyone loves to say, I think it was a perfect movie. In their scope of how their movies are. Uh, you know, uh, 
you have Thor Dark World, and for every Thor Dark World, there's a Thor of the Ragnarok. You know, yeah. have you have all these characters who are um, who some of the movies, you know, you're like they 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 weren't hitting at the right points, but I. They always focused on, Marvel always focused on making a really good movie and then find a way to tie these all in together. I think they did a great job at it. I also have to say, we've already spoiled certain parts of it, so I'm just going to tell you my favorite part of the movie, which is a hard thing to say my favorite part of the movie, but it clearly was Fat Thor. <laughs> Fat Thor in every capacity of his existence and being in this movie was amazing. I love Chris Hemsworth. Uh, I love that they let him go this route. I love that uh, they chose to go this route. I love that Thor Ragnarok re-energized him into this franchise. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Thor's like one of the most interesting, exciting characters in the Marvel Universe now. Because of Chris Hemsworth. Absolutely. Uh, I will say this. uh, Also, just the entire arc of the 22 movies they've done. Because there's certain parts where you're like, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense. I feel like it all makes sense at the end. Especially, and this is a big, 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 big spoiler. Uh... Tony Stark. Yeah. He dies. Uh, and there was rumors that he was going to die. Captain America was going to die. There's going to be some big deaths that were going to happen. There's a ton of foreshadowing. And, and, and that's it. So I've always been team Iron Man. And I did not want him to die whatsoever. But then when it happens, like everything that, like his entire story from the beginning, because was, his was the first movie. And the way it ends, it sucks that it had to happen, but it makes so much sense and it only could have been him who who died at the end and how he died and and just the the narrative where in the original Avengers when Captain America was telling him like you can't be a real hero because you don't know what it's like to sacrifice and the fact that he did that in Avengers kind of but then he still lived but in this one he sacrifices everything for everyone at this point he's got a wife he's got a kid and he does it all for them and there's just so much stuff from previous movies that lead up to this and it was it was Tony's story arc was impeccable it was so great I think that's why it was so emotional when he saved everyone and died and it was just like uh, I get why you did it and I'm not even mad at you guys for doing it but man it it, it got you right in the field I mean it has to happen this is like name any series or show even shows where they never talk about someone dying they do a last show, someone dies. Like, yeah. we're even shows where it's like, no one's ever died. The show ends, they kill you. Because they want to make sure it's done. So, this is one thing where, like, I kind of felt like we knew there was going to be some deaths going on. Um, I personally was torn up about uh, Natasha uh, Romanoff, uh, Scarlett Johansson, because I love Scarlett jo. uh, I love everything about her. No one saw that come. Um, I didn't see it coming in that capacity. Once the moment they the moment they went there, yeah, yeah, the moment literally the moment they got there, I was like, she's dead. Yeah, because it makes the most sense. She was super depressed at the beginning of the movie. She was not handling things very well at all. Clint has a family, even though he went on a killing rampage, which I feel like honestly really isn't that bad of a thing. Probably psychologically, he's a little messed up in the head. Yeah, yeah, but it had to go that way. I was super. Um, that that one hurt. It's also just so eerily. There were so many eerie, eerie uh, similarities and throwbacks to the previous movies, even in the way scenes took place between Thanos and Gamora to this scene. But to have this or the Captain to, America elevator scene, right? And 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 the point too is like Scarlett Johansson and um, Hawkeye have fought each other multiple times in multiple different movies. Yeah. When he was under the spell in of, Avengers, uh, yeah, under the spell in Avengers. When, um, you know, uh, Civil War, when they're going against each other, and, like, right, we still right, like right, each yeah. other, it's like, it depends on how hard you hit me, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, they have, they, had, they were able to wrap up a great storyline. Finally, finally, I feel like Hawkeye 
had something to do. It was like they gave him it, it, some It took meat. him a while to get there. But they were like, but we're starting there. with you. Yeah. We're going to get rid of your family. <laughs> <laughs> but it gave him some meat. It gave him something. I liked the haircut. I liked the style. I liked the, the sort. I, um, having, it, was just, it was just one of the movies where I, like, I found it was just like, it was so many things of what I wanted. And some people I heard were like, was, um, uh, Matt, Matt, you know, uh, roommate. He like Infinity Wars better. He was like he was more of like the pure action. He's one of the pure action because I'm good on like dialogue scenes. Yeah, so they want some of the adventure movies. They want to be like just boom boom kill kill everything. I like the dialogue scenes. I need the storylines. I wanted to have interaction with people where we discuss things. This is the final time these people that are going to be doing this capacity together for a lot of them. This is almost like that final hurrah. So I want to see them talking. I didn't mind the length of the movie. I thought it, I thought it went really quick. It felt I thought for three hours it went super quick. Because you had what you did have was dialogue. And you had that final. I think the final. It was like the final battle might have been like twenty to forty minutes. I don't even know. I love that final battle too. It was so many. When epic everyone things. comes back. And, epic, epic. And then like epic little throwbacks. Throwbacks. We're talking about it like. Insta kill for Spider Man. It was yeah. played as a joke earlier. Like, oh, what does this mean? Drax, and now, going now to it makes you sense. Know, yeah, <laughs> there was so much stuff. The women all playing linebacker for. Which you know what I'm gonna say? <laughs> as I thought about it more and more, I'm fine with that gratuitous thing. That we all put <laughs> together and do that. I'm fine with it. I'm not knocking it at all. It did seem a little bit forced, but I'm fine that it was forced because I like that. This is the final time again. We're gonna see this thing happen. I don't know what the hell Mantis was doing that entire time. <laughs> what could she have possibly done? Like, he's sad. He's sad. He's angry. He's angry. She's dead. <laughs> like if she touched one, they go, you know what I mean? So <laughs> what did you do, Mantis? If anyone can tell me what Mantis was doing during the final fight scene, please leave a message in the comments with <laughs> uh, I don't think she did anything at all. Probably not. But I do want to see it again. Thor. Sorry, not Thor's hammer. Uh, Mjolnir. Um, Captain America. Oh my Captain god! America. The moment it happens, it was literally. It was like oh, everyone jumped up. Oh, everyone was screaming. Oh. It was nuts. It was, nuts, it was absolutely. Man. Oh, so many great touches. Like we go on forever talking. Got to see this movie again. We I want to see it again soon too. Uh, so. Uh, I think it's obvious that I'm going to give it three ticket stubs out of three. If I could give more, I probably would, uh, just because that's how much I enjoyed it. Me yeah. personally, love, love, love this movie. Yeah, this is a this is uh, a call the manager that I called last week. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm sorry that I got up and made a scene in your theater about how horrible How High 2 was. Also, it is weird that you are the only theater that is showing this movie because no one else is. Exclusive to MTV. Uh, like, this movie was amazing. It was one of those ones where as you walk out of it, you kind of don't want to talk about it, but you want to talk about it. So we had to wait. Me and my friends waited until we got back to my house to talk about the movie because we were like, you just don't want... I would hate to spoil this movie for someone. Some of you internet people who have spoiled this movie, LaShawn McCoy's of the world. Oh, you fucking you, Some McCoy. of you people out there who are spoiling stuff. <clears throat> Without saying spoiler ahead of time. Right. We're saying spoiler ahead of time. I'm, I'm saying, can we judge dread some of these people? <clears throat> yes. Let's judge your executioner. Although, my wife, Maritza, uh, who I love more than anything, happy early birthday, sweetheart. I love you more than life itself. She accidentally let a little slip out when we were walking to the car. She luckily, gets no reprieve! No, luckily, luckily it was in front of a couple that was in the movies with us and that was it. We were on the escalators with another couple but still I was like, Marissa, what are you doing? She pulled a Homer Simpson because we were like, we made a deal. We're not going to talk about the movie till we get to the car. 
And then like we ended up talking about something, but we weren't talking about the movie. And then somehow it organically turned. And she was like, oh, yeah. And then when Black Widow died, I was like, Marissa! And she's I, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I heard about a dude who got his ass beat. I've heard about it. He got jumped mm-hmm. because he was outside of a theater. And, like, and basically people online. And he's like, Tony Stark dies. Yeah. Oh, my God. And apparently, got, and apparently got his ass beat. And, I, and, and here's one thing where I'm like, like, I don't believe in, like, violence against other people. For the most part, I do. There are occasional situations, and then Vince knows this. And a lot of people who don't, I don't don't like spoilers. When I'm in, when I'm actually like interested in something, I don't like spoilers. I don't understand them. I have a friend who I will say is a good friend, and we've gone through ups and downs because he is a classic troll. He is probably the quintessential troll Mm -hmm. of his generation. Yes, (laughs) at least my friend. And um, he has ruined things like uh, you know Han Solo. Passing away, which again, uh, sorry, look, I don't care. I'm like, spoiling that. We always said spoilers, right? <laughs> For a different movie, yeah, a different movie. My spoil hunts. Sorry, but anyway, that's years ago. Like that's past. Yes, but he's you know what I mean. He spoils stuff. He's the guy who's like, hey, uh, just so you know, um, yada yada uh, dies. Carl's dead in The Walking Dead, or something like that. Yeah, you know, he's, he's 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 that dude. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. No. Um, you know, hashtag Don't spoil the end game has been trending. Yeah. It's a big movie, uh, so big that like uh, our producer who was not here because he has not seen the movie yet, uh, kind of made a bet that he was like he's like he doesn't think this movie in, is going to overtake Avatar in its theatrical run as far as like gross the biggest and grossing movie of all, all time. time. He wants it to, but he, he wants it to, but he doesn't think it is. I myself and Vince are on the side that we think it is. Yes, I think this is a genre. Uh, uh, mixing movie. I think this it's a movie phenomenon. will. I think people who have not seen these movies will go in and be like, so have that friend like, I want to see this movie. Apparently, so good. Well, you got to see Infinity War. I think it's going to boost Infinity War sales yeah. or whatever, which is on Netflix and never around anyway. I feel like it's going to boost that. I feel like a lot of people who are not normally see this movie are going to go see it because it's just like one of those things where you have to. Also, as we pointed out, like. He was thinking like, oh, grandma's not going to see this. And I was like, grandmas love Jeremy Renner. They really do. They love him from Robert Downey Jr. They do. They love him from Chris Evans. Yes. And some Chris Hemsworth. And Scarlett Joe. And Cumberbatch. And Cumberbatch. And they Ruffalo. Love Cumberbatch. And Ruffalo. And I think Tom Holland. And Ruth and Paul And Paul Rudd. And Tom Holland, they don't love him like that. They're like, oh, he, he reminds cute. me of my grandson. He's such a, like... He's such an upstanding young man. And Renee Russo. Yes. Like, I can go on and on. It's just, it's one of and the most, Bradley Cooper. It's one of the most likable casts of all time. And it's a big cast. It's a big cast. You see cast. at the end, they, like, do everyone It's a huge name. cast of people. There's, they made, there's so many cameos in this film that it just, it, I felt like they put everybody in this movie. Uh, and then at the end, when they have, like, the main Avengers, and the music swells, oh, and, and then they have their signature at the end, it's almost like they're signing the love letter They to did! It's almost like a curtain call in the I know, it was, like, oh, God, it was so even, even that, even the after so that, great. and they were sitting in there, and the guy's like, uh, there's no end credit scene, so, you know... Sometimes I just need to sit there you and just process can, everything. You guys can go, because like, well, well, you leave the lights off. <laughs> you turn the lights off, we'll leave. <laughs> you turn the lights off. Uh, man, I can't say enough. This is, honestly, of the movies we reviewed so far, this is like my, I'm just like, yeah, all it's just, and we knew this. We all were, we would talk about coming towards, coming towards the end game, getting near the end game, yeah. and just being excited and excitement about it. Like, I'm shaking like a child right now. I'm giddy. I want to see it again. It's fun. It was so much fun. 
because you, you're waiting this whole point to see, man, if you can if if you can get to see these other you know people come back if it works. And then you know when Hawk stops here and it works, and then immediately afterwards, holy hell, does it does everything go to shit? And Thanos yeah. like just tears the hell. I've seen I've already um, watched hours of YouTube things breaking down the film, and you know all multiple aspects about why Thanos didn't do this beforehand. You know who's all these different things, and it's just it, it's so engrossing. And the reasoning is, I think. You have, they have built, um, this is why DC is having problems right now. I'm not going to be those DC haters who says DC doesn't work. DC doesn't have the, the fan trust built in yet that Marvel established. And so DC has been trying to force feed it down our throats. And it's like, we don't trust you yet. We don't trust that guy yet. We don't, how long are we going to have Batman for? What, maybe two movies? We don't have Superman anymore. We have Iron Man for like 10 plus years through all these movies, these other side characters, these stories. You know, you feel like you know them. You feel like you've grown up seeing these people, like whatever. It's so emotional when you see them die. Right. Yeah, exactly. You can even see the arc. They, they talk about their own arc in the thing. When Hawk sees previous Hawk in 2012. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like oh, and he comes And he's like, he's like why, don't you, why don't you smash him some stuff for good measure? He's like, this seems kind of... Uh, gratuitous. Yeah, gratuitous. And then you got Cat by himself, and he's like, he's like, I can do this all day. He's like, I know. That's so great. This, this is, just go see it. I mean, right. if, if you're listening to us right now, you've seen it. Yeah. Go see it again. This is for the people who have seen it already, so we can all be like, oh, yes, oh, yes, that's yeah. that scene. So I'm going to have to tell you to go see if you, it. If you, if you, already you, saw if it. you haven't seen it? No, no, no. No one's, no one's watching. No one's listening right now that hasn't seen that's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We don't have to tell someone to go see no. it. They saw it. If you've gotten this far and you're like, and you're just like torturing yourself by listening to more of like what you haven't seen already, or you don't care to see it, I hope we have convinced you to see it. Yeah. If you're someone who was never a part of it, you're like, well, you know what? Those sweet guys seem really enthusiastic about that movie. I'm going to go see it. Or you should you, see the first movie. Or if you saw it and maybe didn't like it as much, I recommend you go see it again. I'll I think, see it again. I think you might like it a little more the second time. I, and I've been very, very critical. Not very critical. I've been sometimes critical of Disney, I think. I if this is when it comes to these movies, it is a give take my money situation. It's a take my money, take my money. Who do I have to kill for you to take my money <laughs> to get this thing? Trolls, Adam Trolls, Levine, it doesn't matter. Adam Levine's going down. All right, so that wraps up this week's episode, episode number eight. Uh, thank you for joining in, uh, especially if you listened to that very long review. But I feel it was worth it. Because, it needed it. Yeah, it we, needed we were it, very man. excited about it. Uh, so you can follow us on social media. We got Hip Hop Movie News on Twitter and Instagram. Hip Hop and Movie News on Facebook, and we are also streaming our yeah, podcast. Yeah, the podcast is uh, on iTunes uh, yeah. through Anchor right now. Um, we're going to be looking into more uh, hosting options. You know, we're in a great developmental point in the show where we're we're learning things, we're going along, we're adding new music, new new themes, new new stuff to keep us kind of fresh. Creative through. juices are flowing. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in that mode right now where we're looking for new things too. Maybe there's a better podcast hosting site. Maybe we're looking for that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a person who can do like, who knows a social media company or someone who helps, you know. We're looking for all kinds of things right now. We're in that mode where we want the show to be better and better and keep growing. Yeah. And as we're doing that, we you know, hey, if you're out there listening and you think there's a way that you want to help out or ask some sponsorship or you think something you can offer to the show or you like what's going on or you have suggestions or questions, you know, hit us up. Like, this is what we need right now. This show's for fans, by fans. We're not going to stop doing it. Yeah. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. Tell your friends. And they can find it. Hip Hop and Movie News. That's hip-hop 
Ampersand, which is the name of the and symbol, in case you did not know that. I didn't. Thanks movie for news. Hip hop and movie news. Home of the real hip hop. Home of the real hip hop. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I feel ex- exhausted I feel just yeah. talking about hungry now. Avengers yeah. as I did seeing it. So, we'll go take a nap. Uh, for the show, I'm Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. Uh, hiding in another part of oh, the house yeah. is producer extraordinaire Patrick Pierre. Uh, that does it for us. So, just chill to the next episode.
This is Hip Hop and Movie News, the podcast. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. With us again is producer extraordinaire, cooler than a frigidaire, Patrick Pierre. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I'm just going to throw 